Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well. Wherever y'all are and whatever part of the day you're in, I sure do appreciate y'all joining me, giving me a little bit of your time. I hope you're enjoying fall and Thanksgiving and looking forward to Christmas. We're about to get started on our on our Christmas podcast. Uh, I think today may be the last of the Thanksgiving fasting, humiliation, prayer, proclamation podcast. We'll see. Uh, but I look forward to getting into those too. So. It's hard to really slow down, isn't it? And enjoy... the moments in the fall. We get so caught up in rushing from one thing to the next to the next. Uh, I think a lot of times we look up at the end of the year and we we didn't really take time to to enjoy the moments. And I think that's just kind of Our society has evolved into that, and it's certainly not good or healthy. We always have to be going and doing. I have a cat curled up by the fire. We could probably learn some lessons from them. Anyway, before I go too far down that path, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the people that listen to the podcast and share it. Be with them and their families. Guide them. Bless them. Protect them. Keep them safe. Help us to turn back to you, Lord, in our private and our public lives, as individuals and as a nation. Watch over those who are out there defending us, our law enforcement, our military, firefighters. Be with them, be with those overseas, those here at home, any of them who are in harm's way. Keep them safe and bring them home safe to their families. Help us, Lord, to to turn to you and to trust that you have everything at hand, even if we can't understand it don't see it or it doesn't turn out exactly the way we think it should. To know that you have the the big picture in mind, eternity in mind, not just our little bitty slice of it here that we see at the beginning. And guide my words, Father, please. In your son's name we pray. Amen. So we're going to try, because it was a lot. We won't get through all of it, folks. I can already tell you we won't get through all of it. And I'm going to start at the end, or toward the end, and then go back up to the beginning. Uh, Just because I want to read this. The whole thing, Adams, this is the 1799 proclamation. And this is is actually not a Thanksgiving proclamation, right? This is in April. Uh, 
and we talked about this yesterday, you know, it just, it just shows the idea of our founders was, was really to have God as part of our nation completely holy and not just at specific times, although there were certain times where we really needed to focus on him, as they've said in these Thanksgiving proclamations, Lincoln talked about it too. You know, when calamities or darkness, like today, when we're when we're heading like a freight train toward a civil war uh, or toward slavery uh, under leftism, socialism, communism. And so these are these are times when we really need to turn wholeheartedly back to God. Uh, But really, it would be better if we just did it all the time. So I just wanted to start with just a part of a sentence, uh, that he would smile on our colleges, academies, schools, and seminaries of learning and make them nurseries of sound science, morals, and religion. I can't stress enough, folks, whatever's coming, uh, whether we end up in in a hot civil war or not, because we're already in a cold one. If we have any hope of of winning, and if we manage to win and come out on the other side, we have got to take culture and education back from the left, from the godless values that have really been poured in over the last 80 years or so uh, in culture probably more like the last, well, you you might go all the way back there too, but you can make some arguments for a little less time with culture. But the point is that you see this, this, and it's not unique at all, these comments by Adams about needing God in education and, and that education should be centered around religion. And he's talking about Christianity, folks. He's not talking about general religion. There's a great quote by that we've talked about recently the past, I don't know, two or three months, a couple times by Benjamin Rush saying, you know, if I, if I have to choose, I would rather have some kind of religion in our schools, uh, whether it's anything that would, that would turn kids toward God a little bit. Uh, but obviously I would choose Christianity, right? Because we're a Christian nation. And and when you look at these other religions, and I, when you actually read the little paragraph and the bit around what Benjamin Rush said, you kind of get the feeling that he's being a little bit tongue-in-cheek, a little bit sarcastic, a little bit dry. He's going, look, okay, if you're really going to push me up against a wall, but the point is you don't want Islam or Judaism or Hinduism or Buddhism or atheism. Cause I feel like I have to say this all the time. Cause that's, that's a religion too, folks. That's atheists. Their God is just the state. That's who they make God. So it's, it's still a false God, just like the other religions I just mentioned, but it's still God. They make a God out of the state. Um, But that's not, that's not going to make America stronger. The only thing that's going to make America stronger is to get God back in the center of our education, to teach 
morals, especially because we've become as a society, we're trying to get the schools to raise our children. And so if you're going to raise the children, you need to teach them God first and foremost. You need to teach them morals, which come from God, right? And, and the science and the arts flow from that. And, and so I, I mentioned that because this proclamation is something that ought to be taught in the schools every year. These things ought to be looked at by children constantly every year. So, you know, no, no truth, we, he starts off, Adam starts off, no truth is more clearly taught in the volume of inspiration, right, in the Bible and experience, nor any more fully demonstrated by the experience of all ages than that a deep sense and a due acknowledgement of the govern, governing providence by, of a supreme being and of the accountableness of men to him as the searcher of hearts and righteous distributor of rewards and punishments are conducive equally to the happiness and rectitude of individuals and to the well-being of communities. So we have a reason the Bible tells us to and experience shows us that we need to turn to God because he knows our hearts and our minds. And there, there are rewards and punishments, folks. You know, there's forgiveness at the foot of the cross for our sins. But that doesn't mean that we can escape the earthly consequences of our actions. Jesus Christ in that interaction with the adulteress, right? He tells her, hey, did they not condemn you? If you don't know the story, you can go look it up. It's a great one to read. The authorities caught this woman in the act of adultery and, and the punishment was stoning. Uh, and they brought him to Jesus trying to trap him. And he told him, you know, let whoever's without sin be the first one to cast a stone. And so all of these men at least had the grace and the decency to walk away. And then he's looking at the woman and he says, did nobody condemn you? And she said, no, sir, no one. And he goes, well, neither than I, do I then. And, and a lot of people that try and use the Bible as an excuse to do what they want to do whenever they want to do it, stop right there. And they don't read the last little part. And he said, go and sin no more. Right, But the whole point is that that woman, okay, she didn't get condemned by Jesus. He wasn't going to condemn her. And he told her, go and sin no more. But do you think that that woman just walked back out into society and there were no consequences for her actions? Do you think that she was just, she didn't, hadn't destroyed a marriage, maybe her own, maybe somebody else's? You don't know. You know, but it's like walking into a bank and robbing it and then getting caught and then thinking, oh, well, okay, I got caught. There's not going to be anything else. There's still going to be punishments, folks. Or those people that, you can talk to kids about this all the time. They really don't believe you. Uh, but you see it as you get older. When you do something nice for somebody or when you do something when nobody's watching, right? God's still, he's always watching. But a lot of times there's somebody that sees that kind act. And there's a reward for that. And that's the real encouragement to me is if there's not a reward in this life, there's treasures that we're storing up for ourselves 
in eternity, which is way more important, right? And so Adam says, look, we, we, we see this, the Bible tells us this, experience of all ages shows us this, that we've got to turn to God. And, and not only because it's for our individual well-being, right? But it's also for the well-being of communities, our schools, our states, our, our nation as a whole. And he says, you know, if, if, if these men, if we're capable of these social acts and relations and the ability to improve our, our social state from it and, and get enjoyment from these benefits that God, these blessings that God gives us, right? Don't we have uh, a, a reason, a, a duty to acknowledge our dependence and our obligation to God who's given us these abilities? Right? We, we didn't just magically, we weren't just magically born all of a sudden with these abilities, folks. God, I mean, I mean we were, but, but it's not because of ourselves. It's because God gave us these skills, which is all the more reason to be a good steward with whatever he's given you. Right? Here he talks about uh, a plain dictate of duty and strong sentiment of nature, that when we have uh, circumstances of great urgency or seasons of imminent danger, that we turn, we, we give particular supplications to him who is able to defend or to destroy. That last part, folks, you know, a lot of times we focus on God's grace and mercy, and rightfully so. But you can't have grace and mercy if there's no justice. And, and we've forgotten that today a lot. And we may have gone too far. Um, you know, this may be the end of the road for America because of that, because there is justice. You know, Thomas Jefferson, who the left loves to talk about how uh, much of a deist or atheist or how anti-Christian he was. And yet one of his all-time great quotes is, I tremble for my nation because I know that God is a just God and his justice cannot sleep forever. And if you know anything about Jefferson, you know that he considered himself uh, a Christian in the truest sense and that he did the best he could, not perfectly, to follow Jesus Christ, not the teachings of men, but to follow Jesus Christ. And so when he's talking about God there, he's saying, God, the Father of Jesus Christ. And he goes, I, I know he's a just God. And I know eventually his justice is going to kick in. And it makes me tremble for my country. Folks, I have the exact, exact same feelings because he was talking about slavery today about abortion. There's going to be a price to pay. We're already starting to pay it, but it's going to be much greater. And it may well be another civil war caused by our support of abortion and the blood, the murder of all these innocent children. Uh, but we definitely need to turn to God with particular supplications today, folks. It goes on to say the interests of the people of the United States are still in jeopardy from a foreign nation. I'm pretty sure from this, this uh, proclamation and the last one that he did a year before, he's talking about uh, the Barbary 
nations and the fact that they were the Muslims were attacking and enslaving ships and sailors, which shocking the Muslims are still raping, pillaging, plundering, and destroying today. It's almost like Islam is not peaceful or tolerant or uh, in any way compatible with the principles of America and the teachings of Jesus Christ. Uh, he talks, one of the things, the sentences here that really struck me when we were reading through it yesterday is the subversion of the foundations of all religious, moral, and social obligations that have produced incalculable mischief and misery in other countries, right? And, and he's talking about uh, the dissemination among the people of the United States. And this goes back to the comment made about, you know, if we're going to win this thing, we've got to get back culture and education from the left, because that's where these immoralities and licentiousness and, and just these destructive ideas, it's like when the Bible talks about to guard your heart, because everything we do comes from the heart. The heart is a wellspring, right? Everything we do comes from there. Before you commit adultery, you think about committing adultery. Before you steal, you think about stealing. Before you're faithful over years, you think about being faithful. Before you're kind to others, you think about being kind. And so, if we're going to teach our children... And, and think about all the information they get from TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and YouTube, the internet in general, movies, Netflix, Hulu, Prime. Think about how many hours a day they spend in education and public education, the majority of our population, folks. School choice is great. We talk about that often. Um, there's some things we need to talk about, uh, actually, that have happened recently that are pretty encouraging. Uh, but We've got to look at the nation as a whole. The majority of students are still educated in public education. That has to be God-centered. That's where these evil values really creep in, right? That we ought to, Adams continues here, excite the performance of the duties which we ought to discharge by calling and fixing the attention of the people at large to the momentous truths already recited by affording opportunity to teach and inculcate them by animating devotion and giving to it the character of a national act. And so he's saying, look, we listed all these truths out, how serious this is for our nation, right? And, and now we need to acknowledge that, not only in our individual lives, but as, as a nation with a national act, right? That's why he gave this proclamation. And this is as far as we're going to get in this today. I don't know if we're going to come back to it or not, folks. We'll see. But you can read through it um, online in a number of places. John Adams, uh, Fasting and Humiliation, I think, Proclamation from 1799. It's a great read. There's still a ton uh, in the last couple paragraphs of real meat, so to speak. But... The point that I want to end with, this National Act comment that, that Adams makes, you know, it, it's just like every other area in our lives. If we don't show by our actions whatever we say with our words, then our words are meaningless. In fact, 
they're worse than meaningless, really. They prove us to be a liar. If you say that you love your, you love God, but you don't spend any time with Him, it's not true. If you say that you love your spouse, but you don't make them your top priority, second only to God each day, with your actions, it's not true. You tell your children you love them, but you don't, you don't give them any attention or affection. It's not true. You say you love your country, but you hate the principles that founded that country. It's not true. It's a lie. And so our actions have been sadly lacking for quite a while now, and we need to, we need to make sure that our actions line up with what we say, both as individuals and as a nation turning back to God, right? God bless you all. God bless your families, your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to you all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.